Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley with the biggest stories of the day. It's the Big Three at Three. Number one. All right, number one, I think, look, here's here's the deal. is What's going to happen with the Houston Texans at the quarterback position? Patrick Creighton joining me today in for Ron, the show, Hughley, and Jay, Jay Samuel in for Tyler Milner as well. Um, we're, we're rocking and rolling. But the... Uh, the 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 Houston Texans we don't we don't have any um, media availability. In other words, we're not going to hear from the Houston Texans um, until tomorrow, and that's just about anything. That, I don't I don't expect them to tell us about C.J. Stroud. But the update is on C.J. Stroud is that we'll hear something from the organization tomorrow. Um, keep in mind that D'Amico Rhines did tell, I believe it was Stacy Dales. Last or this weekend at some point, I don't know if it was right before the game or if it was Saturday, but that C.J. Stroud did participate in meetings and did was on the field. Not, I'm going to use that word participate a little bit lightly on the field. He he was on the field for the Friday practice, accelerated walkthrough, whatever you want to call it. Patrick, I, I don't know where you stand on on the the concussion front, other than we're just not doctors, and so there's really not a whole lot of substance there for us to discuss we, we just wait on updates but I do know this I talked to, to, to John McClain last week about this particular situation and, and about what the do's and do the, the, the do's and don'ts are with because I didn't know that players could practice if they hadn't cleared protocol I didn't I didn't know that you put them out there but now you think back they put them put them in a red jersey no contact obviously but I, I to me I, it just didn't register that you could put people on the field with before they clear the the, the protocol. Um, so here we sit. C.J. Stroud has not cleared protocol, but he is on the field. He is participating. And clearly this is a different football team with C.J. Stroud. But you're, you're just, your thoughts on, on what him being on the field and, and being involved on Friday before the game this past Sunday, so four days ago, five days ago. I thought that him not playing last week yeah. was, was kind of the – when he didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday, I said, all right, they're, they're definitely not going to play. Right. I thought that was kind of a signal, though, that, hey, he we're just we're going to take a little extra careful with him. It's his first year. Although it's important they didn't have, like, a Tua situation from last year where he's got a concussion. They go right back out there. He gets another concussion that's yep. even worse. And you see him in that, like, fencing position. It's like, yep. we're not going to scramble the brains of the guy that we hope is going to quarterback this team for the next 10, 15 years. So that the, they took it a little more conservatively. I, I like that. I yep. know it cost them a game this week. But it cost you a game. It didn't cost you the season. It didn't cost you his career. Yeah. Uh, so that I thought was more important. I do think that C.J. Stroud is going to play this week. Yep. Uh, I think he's going to be ready to go. Uh, the fact that he was out on the field tells you, you know, the NFL concussion protocol, it's five stages. Uh, for him to be out on the field, he had to get through at least three, if not the fourth stage. So the fifth stages are clear, totally clear. So if, if he is on the field, he's at least through three, if not four of the stages. And now it's just, okay, get that final hurdle and you're game ready. Yes. So hopefully that's what we'll see by tomorrow is CJ at least a limited participant tomorrow and then by Thursday fully cleared and ready to play. I agree with you. I, I think there's no – I am I agreed with him not planning this week. Even if he would have had come out and, and like Trevor Lawrence, hey, you're cleared to play on Friday and all of a sudden he's back out there Sunday after, after really focusing on just clearing protocol in order to get back. There was no reason to rush him out there. Um, I, I agree with you that he's going to play this Sunday, but isn't it crazy, Patrick? Like the the uh, 
because I, I I immediately thought about Mike McDaniel, the Tua situation you brought up, and and not just from Tua's perspective, but from the head coach's perspective. Because remember, Mike McDaniel, he got drug over the coals a little bit because he allowed he quote unquote allowed it to happen, which I know from being in the world of like. The head coaches, they go straight to the doctor like, Doc, what do you think? He's cleared. Okay, then he can go play. So, I mean, it's it's not a – like Mike McDaniel didn't sit around and go, man, should I or should I not put this guy out there? I mean, the doctor said he was cleared. Boom, they put him back out there. But none, the, the point is, is like D'Amico Ryans and the Texans had to be looking at it like this is this is a, this is is a about a lot more than just the player clearing protocol. We as an organization got to make sure we got our T's crossed and I's dotted and make sure that, that nothing gets squirrely here on us. One hundred percent. Right. You the health and safety of CJ duration of the season and then history for him going forward is is way more important than I mean, look what the Jags are doing with Trevor Lawrence. When when he had that ankle injury, I was like and then they were saying, Oh, he's gonna play the next week. I was like, if, if they try to play him the next week, they could lose out. Because they're gonna he's he's already playing hurt. He could barely walk off the field. The next week he gets a concussion and they lose. And then this week, they run him out there again, and AC injury comes out of the game. They lose again. Like they're playing, You know that the margin of winning and losing in the NFL is so razor thin. You're sending your quarterback out there. You know he's not close to 100% because you have no faith in your backup whatsoever. And, and you're putting him in danger, and you're putting your season in danger, and their refusal to just give him a week has cost them three games. Yeah. Yeah, man, it, it's um, it's just it's just a different world we live in, man. It's right now, and, and I think everybody's got to for their for their personal reasons. I know D'Amico Ryan's isn't selfish about it, but as a head coach, you got to look at it and say, I got to handle this the right way because if not, they're going to drag my ass over the coals. Not just the doctors and the trainers and the player, they're going to drag me. So um, anyway, nonetheless, hopefully um, C.J. Stroud is back. Hopefully, we hear that from the Texans tomorrow. And look, to be honest with you, what is tomorrow, Wednesday? I'm trying to remember what day it is we hear from C.J. Stroud. Typically, it's the same day that we hear from, from D'Amico Ryan, which I believe is Wednesday. So hopefully we, we will hear from C.J. Stroud. That may be asking for a little much, right? <laughs> two weeks, no, two weeks at no, no uh, games because of a concussion. To think that we may hear from him tomorrow may be a little much, but hell, I, we can dream big. I, I listen, <laughs> if you're not going to dream big, what are we dreaming That's for right. here? That's right. Big three and three. Number two. There were some monster games this weekend. I, I don't know, Patrick. I'm trying to figure out personally if I'm if I'm interested in as many middle-of-the-pack football games more so this year because the Texans are in the middle of the pack and it's what I do for a living and I've got to watch it. Or is it is the fact that the Bills are fighting for their their playoff life and, and they're, they're going to have to be a wild card this year when, when a lot of folks thought they were they were still in that Super Bowl caliber range. Is, is that really as sexy as – one may think, or, or am I just am I just uh, covering it a little bit close and a little bit more into it because the Texans uh, are, are part of it? But there were some some big time big time games this weekend. None none bigger than, in my opinion, you may disagree, but none bigger than the the Cowboys Dolphins game this past weekend. In terms of of what was at stake, the the, the Cowboys needed it to to keep pace with the Eagles, obviously in the division. Um, the Miami Dolphins needed to prove that they can, one, win the division, but to prove that they can beat a above five hundred football team. Um, and so I, I look at, at that. I looked at that football game right there, Patrick, and, and I watched a, a good a good chunk of it. By the way, are you a believer in the Cowboys? Uh, I'm not a believer in the Cowboys. I love Dak. Yeah, I love yeah, Dak. Yeah. But I don't. I don't believe in the head coach. 
Boy, we, we, we may be, we may have too much uh, of, of the same opinions. Right <laughs> I, I, I've come. I, I love Dak from jump. Uh, I, I disagree with how they used Dak throughout his career. I know he blew. I know he blew a leg up, but but I, I, I disagree how they used him. I was not a, a fan of the the Jerry Jones move with going going from I liked him getting rid of Kellen uh, Kellen um, Kellen Moore Kellen Moore, uh, but I didn't like the move of of going to Mike McCarthy. Um, but I'm gonna tell you, I've, I've watched a lot of their 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 games this year. McCarthy's made a little bit of a, a believer out of me. He's made a little bit of a believer out of me. Now you still have the Cowboy inconsistent, like just like this this Miami game. You can go back, and it was two really good football teams, and the team that made fewer mistakes is, is who won this football game. The Cowboys always seem to shoot themselves in the foot when it matters the most. But but overall, I, I'll be honest with you, Mike McCarthy's made me a little bit of a believer. My issues with the Cowboys are they don't seem to handle success well. All right, they got off to the hot start. Oh, yeah. They beat the snout of the Giants, who were an awful football team, uh, especially early in the season. They were, just to- they were so out sure, of whack. Yeah. They, they smashed the Giants, and they smashed the Jets, who didn't have Aaron Rodgers, hadn't figured out anything yet. And then they go on the road, and they lose to the Cardinals. And they didn't just lose. They got spanked. Right. You got housed by the 49ers in San Francisco. Win a couple of games. Lose to Philly in Philadelphia. Beat up on, on the commanders who stink. All right. Nice win over the Seahawks. Gave up way too many points. We gave mm-hmm. them 35 points to yep. the Seahawks. Then you get a big win at home against Philly, and you followed it up exactly as I thought you did, which was laying a yep. colossal egg going to <laughs> Buffalo. Like, like, oh, we beat the Eagles. The season's over. We're champs. And they got run over by the Buffalo Bills. And I was concerned about them going to Miami. How are they going to stop the run game? Because, yeah, they, listen, they'll, they'll get a pass rush going. Yep. They could probably rattle to a uh, – but how are they going to stop the run game? And, and here's the Cowboys finding a way to lose a game they probably should have won. Uh, look, I think the Cowboys have as much talent as the Miami Dolphins. That's a, a game that they should not have lost. Now they're going to play a Lions team that's, that, look, they're hungry. They're good. They're, uh, people don't realize that is a really good Lions team, and they can go to Dallas and get a victory. And now you're already back to being a game back of Philly. That team, for whatever reason, when things are going well, they can't handle it. Yeah. You know, the inconsistency with the Cowboys has always been the, my problem with the Cowboys, uh, when, whether it's Romo or Dak. I, I just – they're as talented and can beat anybody in the league on any given Sunday. But the question is, when you're a Super Bowl-caliber team, the question is, can you rattle off three or four – or it's going to be four for them, obviously. Can you rattle off four straight wins versus the, the, the best opponents the game has to offer? And and the Texans – I mean, the, the Cowboys just, in my opinion – there's no way they're they're too inconsistent. They're not going to. Could they beat any of those four teams on any given Sunday? Yes, but can they beat them? Can they can they do it four straight Sundays or four straight games? I, I don't I don't believe they can. So I got the same concerns with them. But I, I'd be lying if I told you that McCarthy didn't make a believer out of me. I, he is doing much. They are doing much better with him calling plays than I ever expected. A couple of feel good stories out of the NFL. You mentioned one of the teams and Dan Campbell. I'm a big fan of Dan Campbell. We crossed paths with the Cowboys um, late in his career. Uh, I, I, I'm just a big fan of, of the way he goes about um, coaching, how authentic, and whether you love him or not, he's authentic as hell. He's genuine. He's sincere. And I think that plays in locker rooms, uh, and it's clearly playing in Detroit. Man, they beat the Vikings 30-24. to 24, And now only the Browns have a, a longer run in, since they've won a division title. 30 years since the Detroit Lions have won a, a division title, they, they can now – 
they can now call themselves division champs. It's a hell of a feel-good story, and I'm stoked. I'm stoked for Dan, uh, Dan Campbell out there in, in Detroit. Have you ever seen Dan Campbell bite anyone's knees? I have not, but I believe he would. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the thing. When Dan said that, I'm like, that's kind of odd. I don't. I don't. I mean, you got to be half a bubble off to even even say that, but. Would Dan, yeah, I think at the bottom of a pile, if Dan didn't have a face mask on, he'd take a bite out of somebody's knee if he needed to. You don't have to do it. Just the credible threat <laughs> of it happening has to be in somebody's mind. That's right. Hey, the, the other feel-good story, Patrick, which I, I, I thought was, again, the the Antonio Pierce um, situation in Las Vegas taking over that team. There's nothing more difficult, I think, than a guy that's never head coached before, especially if you're a former player and you've kind of you kind of climbed the ladder a little bit quicker than maybe other coaches have. To all of a sudden be thrown into, hey man, you got you got the reins for the rest of the season. Go go get them. You better be cut from the head coach cloth, or you're going to be overwhelmed very very quickly. It looks like Pierce is 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 uh, definitely got head coach in his future, and he and he's he's got the Raiders um, playing well above board relative to what we had seen. And, and I'm going to tell you, man, they, they made the – I don't know if you got a chance to watch much of that game last night, but they beat the, they beat there yesterday. But they beat the Chiefs 20-14, to 14, and they beat the Chiefs. Like, that game, it shouldn't have been 20-14. to 14. They, they Patrick, that, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, they had them boys as flustered as you could possibly imagine. That, that game probably should not have been that close. But nonetheless, the, the Raiders still have playoff hopes. They're, they're, their playoff hopes are still alive, although it's – they're very – it's uh, it's thin, but their their hopes are still alive. That that was a that's a that's a hell of a story that that Pierce has got going in in, in Las Vegas. Man, I am so happy for Antonio Pierce, a guy who's been a leader his entire career. Every team that he's won, I got to see plenty of Antonio Pierce, the New York yep. Giants, where he was a team leader there uh, and was a big part of their success. Uh, he's he is a guy that is kind of universally considered to be. Almost like a D'Amico Ryans, right? A, a yep. guy who's been a leader at every stop he's ever been, respected by his teammates, respected by football people, uh, doesn't pull punches. And these guys, I mean, look, that they had no business winning that game. They won because they got a fumble return for a touchdown, they got a scoop and score, and they got a pick six, like seven seconds yes, apart. Yes. Uh, they don't have a quarterback right now. Uh, Aiden O'Connell is 62 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically had the same kind of game. Uh, the third string quarterback for Georgia had, uh, you know, <laughs> where we threw for like 60 yards. Yes. Right, and they beat the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead. Yep. And that should never, ever happen. Yep. You were talking about why am I watching all these mid games? Why am I watching these mid level games? Because a lot of the teams that before the season were expected to be the elite echelon, yep. they're not. They're in the middle of the pack, like the Kansas City Chiefs. And we're watching these games because the Chiefs and the Bills. They're, they have not elevated where they were supposed to. They're stuck in the mud in with the pack of all the other teams who have, you know, eight wins, nine wins, battling for those for those three wild cards. Yeah, and there, there's just something about, look, I, I've enjoyed and I love giving my, my daily co-host here, Ron, hell about it when, when we get a chance with the Kansas City Chiefs. And, but just the, it's, it's, they found a way to sustain winning with that life on the edge approach to, to football. And and it's like I can't I've never been able to relate to it I I did the no look passes and the like yesterday the the the, the uh, snapping the ball to the running back and then him handing it to Pat Mahomes and that that didn't, that was the fumble uh, scoop and score I believe it was I, I don't know if they did they score on that one or, or did they the uh, they just give them a no they did score on that one the they scoop got and score and then they got yeah. the pick six yeah but but the the, the whole razzle dazzle thing in the middle of the game for no reason it it, it backfired on them. 
And and I I think there's there's a, some level of joy in me that I, there's some level of joy that I get out out of that when it's just like man at the NFL level you're not supposed to be doing that stuff and they've been doing it for so long and winning with it I'm tired of it and so it was, it was good to it, it was good to see that and look it, it, like you said Antonio Pierce I, I'm a I'm a fan and then the uh, last but not least man that the last night I what, do you think the uh, MVP was decided last night I don't know if MVP has been decided yet but. I have thought Lamar Jackson should be in the conversation uh, a lot longer than he has been. Uh, I, I think the MVP conversation has been a, a wild roller coaster of whoever had yeah. the best game this week, like they suddenly are the number one guy. I think Christian McCaffrey should have been in the conversation. Um, I don't know. Call me crazy. I don't think Brock Purdy should be in the conversation. I'm yeah. not saying he's not having a good year. I don't think he's the MVP. Like, do you look at that team and say, if I took the starting quarterback of six other teams, that they would completely fall apart yeah. if I swapped them out? I don't think they would. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting. I I think when you MVP is an interesting award and 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 term because I, I think we can even look at Lamar Jackson having a, having a, a good year, getting better consistently. Uh, I think he probably ends up winning it, but but I, there are other guys that are more important to their team right now. In terms of their win, like like I was listening to these guys this morning talk about Josh Allen. Josh Allen scored over eighty percent of his team's points this year. Josh like, Allen's probably given away twenty percent of true, his team true. points. True, true. No, this no, year. no, no, no. True. You're that, like I, I agree with you, but it's just one of those where it's there's two different ends of the spectrum, right? The, the guy that, to your point, scores more than anybody but gives it up, and the other guy that's ultra conservative and all he does is is put up huge numbers and he's got a great supporting cast. And then you got your oddball positions, your running backs, your defensive ends, your receivers that are in the conversation. This year, it's just it's, it's a very interesting conversation, and it's real this year because there's no quarterback that's just your front runner. As I dangle the lollipop here in front of the Texans fans, what would the 49ers, well, what would the Texans be if C.J. Stroud entered an offense that had Debo Samuel oh, yeah. and yeah. Brandon Ayuk <laughs> and George Kittle yeah. and Christian McCaffrey and said, here you go, Rook, you have every oh, Lamborghini in the shop. Yeah, look. The, the truth of the matter is, is, is we wouldn't we wouldn't know how good C.J. Stroud is because he would just be he would just be distributing right. He wouldn't have to put a team on his back like he has multiple times here. All right, I got I got I'm absolutely blown away with something that's uh, with his bowl season popping up again. Uh, pop, no pun intended, but uh, I'm absolutely blown away with one thing that I see on social media consistently and here in our world today. I'm gonna tell you what that is. We've discussed it on this radio station before, but I, I got to circle back to it with you, Patrick. I'll tell you what that is, and we'll discuss next. 